Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. I want to continue. I started last week starting a brand new series. And um, the series is called Where is My Anchor? Where is my anchor? And I'm not going to go back through anything from last week because I want to quickly get into what we have. We don't have a lot of time to do that, but you can go on, certainly online, and watch that if you missed that. But really thinking about the importance of having a biblical worldview. It's so important for us even now because there's so many things, there's so many views out there, there's so many perspectives and things where people, where is their anchor? Where are they putting their anchors? So we're going to continue to move on in that this morning. I want us to take a look at something that I've put, if you want to put up the first slide there, but it's, if the basic premise of what you believe is wrong, then the conclusion of everything else linked to that will be wrong. That's interesting, thinking about that, because if if whatever you're anchoring your, your life on in your belief system, if it happens to be wrong, All the things that you do and the things that you attach to that and connect with that don't have accuracy to them. So that is the reason why it's important for us that we see things from a biblical perspective, biblical morality, all of those things that we're going to be talking about. So we can't just wake up one morning and decide that The word of God, who was breathed by the Holy Spirit and and spoken and given, that all of a sudden that is changing and shifting with culture or opinion, that that doesn't have the value that it used to. We, We can't just wake up and make that decision. And so, you know, then if we don't shift with the culture, though, then people are calling us narrow-minded. They're calling us, well, you're not with the times or you're not keeping up. Culture's changing. We need to change and we need to shift. That is the importance of having our anchor solid in biblical foundation, biblical principles. So that's why we're talking about this, so important. So uh, first I want to just mention this word morality, because that's a word that, that is common out there. You know, most people used to be on the same page. I know growing up, because I'm a little older than some of you, younger than others, but most people agreed whether they were believers or not believers, they agreed and understood between right and wrong. And you just kind of had that growing up. You were taught that, right and wrong, right and wrong. And we understood that. Nowadays, that's shifted so much that who really knows what's right and who knows what's wrong? And so that's not the case now. And so now there's this biblical morality and then there's this secular morality, humanism, Secular humanism, we talk about these things, or free thinking. There's a lot of that that's going on around us. And basically, the secular humanism or free thinking is basically what you believe or your moral values outside of God is kind of what that is. And so we have the biblical side, and then we have that secular side of it, the humanistic side of things. And so we continue to search for truth. People are always searching for truth in their life. And they usually, in the humanistic side of it, they do it through science and philosophy, those kinds of things. So they're searching. That's pretty common, what's going on around us right now today. You know, I was thinking about this in light of what's going on. 
so where does burning buildings, burning police cars, looting, rioting, all these things, where does that fall in the morality scale? Well, that's a humanistic thinking. If you take the word and biblical principles, you don't find that. Just because your personal opinion or view is what it is does not make it right. And that's why, again, we come back to the Bible. Now, I'm not here today to demean or put down or to you know, speak against whatever the culture that people are talking about today and that shift in whatever direction that is. But I think as believers, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to do the work, to do the, to, to do the talking for us in the sense that he's more than capable of speaking to people. And so we want, we want the Holy Spirit to be at work. And so we want to see biblical principles have an inroad into the lives of people, don't we? That, but that's, that's something that the Holy Spirit is so good at. It, and we have to be careful, and I'll talk about this in a moment, what our part is in that. I want to read a scripture in Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 1, first three verses here. says this, Dear brothers and sisters, if another believer, this is the important part, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path. And be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. Share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You are not that important. And I like this because what it does, it brings us back. And again, this, is for, uh, this isn't for those people who are, who are unbelievers. It's not our job to go in and tell them they're sinning and that they're doing all these things wrong and that they need to get their life in order. That's, that's not our place. We're talking about our brothers and sisters in Christ where it's so important that we go to them with the attitude of, and we see some things and we go, you know what? I make mistakes all the time. I, haven't, I don't have this thing all figured out, but I'm here for you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to encourage you. And, and in all humility and kindness and everything, we don't go to people and start hitting them over the head and saying everything they're doing wrong and why and all that stuff. If we do that, but I tell you, it comes back at us. I tell you, I've learned to be really careful at what I say to people. Because when you think you have arrived, or you think that you've got it all figured out, or you think that, oh, I would never do that, whoa, watch out. <laughs> because, you know, the enemy's good at coming after us. So we have to be careful in how our approach with people. You know, here's something I've noticed. We're not always very good at having conversations with other Christians about things that we disagree about. It's always this trying to fix somebody else, trying to, trying to get them to believe whatever you believe, your opinion, whatever it is, and try to, uh, you know, go after them. We, we become the judge for them instead of the uh, gentle restorer that the Bible just talked about. We, we become judgmental, and we, we can't do that. We have to be those who are rallying around each other in this process. Here's another point. When we don't have... A strong biblical view, we tend to side more with the laws created and governed by man. And I'll give you an example of this. Because there's a lot of things that are trending, and they, you know, each year we can kind of see things trend, and there's subjects and topics that come up because 
they become culturally spoken about or, or there's a shift in, in a tide and everything. And one of the examples, if we don't have a, a strong biblical view, we can jump on this because if, let's just say there's a law created for something that is contrary to scripture. Okay, so, so for example, uh, we would use homosexuality as one of those things. Now, that has been around for centuries, Old Testament. We've seen that as a, as a practice. It's been around for a long time. And until recent years, you wouldn't find a Christian-based organization, church, anything that would be supportive of that. But because recently there's been laws that have been passed to say it's legal to have these unions of same sex, then there begins to be a shift within even the church because they're saying, oh, well, maybe because it's legal, maybe because that means it's probably okay, so we should embrace this. So we see this shifting if we don't have our solid biblical perspective or the biblical views on these things, we can be shifted. We can shift with the tide if our anchor is not down where it needs to be and it can be shifting around and that's what's happening right now in a lot of things. And so the word of God has to be, it must be our anchor no matter what laws are passed. No matter what laws are passed. The word of God is still the truth and it's a foundation that we guide and and our our lives are led upon that. I want to bring up one word and I'll, the word science. I've heard that word a lot. Science. We do this based on science. Everything's based on science. Well, I will give one, basically one definition of science is this. Systematic knowledge of the physical or material world gained through observation and experimentation. So there's a lot of things that happen to create science, right? There's a lot of things that put it together. But we have to be careful that we don't put all our trust in science. Science, just because it says science, does not necessarily mean it's true. (laughs) There's a lot of things that figure things. I mean, you could be sitting in the same room with somebody, and one of you said it's hot, and the other said it's cold, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of things that, there's perspective on a lot of things. Now, what's reality is if you went over and hit your head on that wall and you hit your head and it hurts, that, that's real. That, there's science that bases that that can happen, sure. So, in this, understand that God is the only one that holds the truth of, of everything. Yes. And we find that in Scripture. So, yeah, there's a lot of truth and a lot of science, but we can't just take science and, and just stamp it and say that's the truth. That's what we, we base things. We know as believers, the word of God is our true anchor. That's where we're lining up to because otherwise we can drift. There's a scripture, it's not on the screen, but Psalm 14:1. it says this, only fools say in their hearts there is no God. They are corrupt and their actions are evil. Not one of them does good. Because that's a lot of things we hear that. Oh, there's no God. I don't believe in God. Well, we have to be careful in that because we know there is a God and he created all this. But as Christians, yes, we are called to abide by the laws of the land. That's true. Unless it violates scripture. And so occasionally we will see that. And so that's important for us to take a look at that as well. You know, in the end times, and it seems like we're living in the end times, right? Feels like it. It's not going to be easy being a Christian. You're going to be mocked, ridiculed, called a, 
a sissy or whatever, or you just can't handle life. So, you know, all these things that will be said about Christians. And so there's a lot of mistreatments that, that happen. And some of us know what that feels like. We've been through that. And, but we know, just like Paul, when he was talking with Timothy, hey, we're going we're gonna to be persecuted. We're going to go through stuff, and we see that, and in, in, in we read in a lot in the New Testament, a lot of those things that happen. There's a scripture in John 8, 31 and 32. says, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth will what? It will set you free. And so there's freedom in living in truth, and so it helps us. Uh, so much. And so if we're faithful to responding, listening to, and obeying the teachings of Jesus, we're in a good place. We can be persecuted, we can be mocked or ridiculed, but we're in a good place, we're in a solid place. And that foundation, if we build on that, will not be blown away. First Peter chapter 3, 13 through 18 says this, Now, who will want to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. Don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Again, we come back to this place, humbly doing this, gently, respectfully. Keep your conscience clear. Then, if people speak against you, they will be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it's better to suffer for doing good, if that is what God wants, than suffer for doing wrong. Christ suffered for our sins once and for all. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. This is good. So then the question is, how much do we have to stand out in this culture today from other cultures around us? What, what do we do as Christians as we continue living in this ever-shifting culture that we're in? As Christians, we will become more and more set apart from the shifting culture that's out there. How do we do that? How do we maintain that as believers because the voices around us are becoming more and more anti-God and anti-Christian. That's reality. That's what I'm hearing out there. That's what I'm seeing out there. But remember, be careful that we're not thumping people over the head with these rules or the Bible and condemning people. We're to be light, salt and light. We're not to be those who are judging and ridiculing and saying, you're all wrong. But we need to instead be shedding light on the goodness of God and the faithfulness of God, the love of God, and the hope that we have in him. You know, the world often says that, and, I, and I've heard this, I've watched different things, and well, if you're a Christian, that means that you're just a, a weak, emotional, weak person, because if you have to depend on God, then you must have all kinds of problems. No. The reality is, yes, we do have all kinds of problems, and yes, I have to depend on God, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can identify with that if that's how they want to say it. It doesn't mean I'm a weak person in the sense of, yes, I am in my own, I, in my own strength, I'm weak. But in him, I am strong. Yes. And so that will be our declaration in that. You know, if we hold biblical values and in whether it has to do with biblical marriage, 
the homosexuality, those things we're talking about, we are scorned now. We're, we're called narrow-minded. We're called we just don't accept, you know, we don't love. Well, all of these things can be said, but understanding that the gospel and the truth in the gospel can be offensive. Ask Jesus about, <laughs> about that. I mean, he, you know, there's a lot of things that, that he went through in, in his life. But as Christians, we have to be careful because we can't find ourselves in place of substituting morality for the gospel. Because we can get on this morality chain of basically it would be like behaving versus believing. Because our responsibility is to share the gospel and to bring people to that place of believing Christ. It's not our responsibility to go to get people to behave. Because <laughs> I think that's a lot of times what we do. Try to get sinners to behave. Think, well, I can't become a Christian until I'm doing better in my life. No, that's not how it works. I mean, God loves us as sinners where we're at. And he says, come to me and, I, and I'll let me help you in that process. Because I think we kind of get things turned around. The Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. The Bible doesn't say behave and you'll be saved. It says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. And so what gets tended you get communicated what people receive is like is more as oh this is how I have to behave in order to be a Christian you know we have to be careful in that uh, no you just have to believe there's that place coming to this place of believing and so what happens is behaving then becomes a, a byproduct of believing in a Jesus who died for our sins who gives us hope and gives us life and peace and all the things that we're looking for. But it just becomes a byproduct as we give ourselves to, to living our lives for Christ. It's not something we strive for or have to work for or try to measure up to something. Hell's going to be populated with a lot of people who behaved, unfortunately. Because a lot of people think, well, if I'm just good. But hell will not be populated with a lot of people who believe. Because if you believe in Jesus Christ... You know, we get to have an opportunity of eternal life with him. So that's important. We all sin and come up short every day. We do. We're sinners saved by grace. And I think that, you know, that's, that's why saying yes to Jesus is so important for us. Just simply saying, yes, Lord, I'm just a mess and I need some help. It's paramount. So we're leading people to that place of wanting wanting what Jesus has for them. And the only reason that you and I are followers of Christ is because of his grace. It's his grace. And I am so thankful for his grace. So let's not put morality ahead of the gospel. We can just get on this morality train. And we have to be careful to not do that. And we need to be prepared to answer the questions that come. Be prepared. And I will tell you this, don't, don't be fearful of this because it's not about answering them based on, oh, what's my opinion or whatever. I would just answer based on the authority of the word of God. This is what the word says. You don't have to say, well, this is what I say or this is what I believe. I just say, well, this is what the word says. Then it gives people an opportunity to look for themselves, to make a decision. It's not us trying to force something on somebody because the Holy Spirit does incredible good work in that process. Amen. The questions we are often asked is whatever's 
right now culturally is relevant. Culturally, there's, there's a focus on whatever that might be. And there's a lot of things that come up because people are going to ask you questions about abortion, homosexuality, all those kinds of things, same-sex marriage, all that, the LGBTQ and all the things that the letters that keep adding that people ask about that. Well, what do you think about that? What do you think about that? And I said, well, all I know is Jesus Christ died for everybody. This is what the word says. And so that's what I go, this is what the word says about this. But we love people. And no matter what is going on in your life, whatever is happening, God loves you and we love you. And God has a plan for your life. And he will help figure that out. And so I will tell you this. The answers that come from the Bible are not often trending very popular. (laughs) They're not. That's not the trend. But I tell you, as believers, that's where we have to be. That's where our anchor has to be. So there's three ways we can answer questions. Three ways we can answer questions when somebody asks you a question and you think, wow, this is a tough one. Number one, we can ask it, answer it based on scripture, just like I was talking about. Well, this is what the word says. Number two, we can sidestep it. We can say, well, well I just don't talk about that. I just don't, I don't really want to talk about that. Whatever it is, that, that would be another way. Or we can change the message. We can re- invent whatever we think the word says. We can change the message to try to make it appeasing. And so there's only one of those three that really are the best to use, the most effective, is just based on scripture, based on the word. This is, this is what this is. I want to read a, another scripture and a couple more comments here. But 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17 says this, all... Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. All Scripture, all Scripture, it's inspired and it's useful and it helps us. It corrects us when we're wrong and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. It's all for good. It's not to run you into the ground. It's not to hurt you or to kill you. It's to get you to that place of being able to live the fullness of life that God has for us. Therefore, the reasons why parents, when they raise children, they train them, they discipline them, it's, it's because they love them. It's not because they want to hurt them or see them stumble and fall. That's not the point. That's the same with God and with us. He puts it there for a reason. And so he's given us these, these moral laws that are in his word. They're good for us. This is for our good. And so there's things that, are, that happen that people say, well, we just need to accept this because that's kind of where we're at in our culture today. Well, God says no because it's not good for you. I didn't create that. That's something man came up with. It's not my plan. It's not good for you. And so if it's contrary to the scripture, people aren't going to be happy ultimately in that. And so we understand that. And so we, again, we cannot substitute moral issues for the gospel. The gospel is important. But the other part of it is is we can't avoid moral issues when we live our life out in the gospel. And so it's important. Those things, they all have a place, but they come in a right order. And again, we have to walk in humility and thankfulness. God, thank you for saving me. 
Lord, thank you. I'm, I'm messed up. I've, I've got all kinds of problems. But God, you, you saw to it that your grace was enough for me to bring me into your wonderful light. That's important. We're all saved by grace. We, none of us have arrived in our life. And, and until we get that crown and we get to be in heaven, we, we're, we're processing everything. And grace is there for us. And we're so thankful for that. And I'll tell you this point, too. We're not called to win an argument. <laughs> We're not called to win an argument. We're called to reveal God's love and his hope to people. Because right. we always go at this argument thing. And, and that's so prevalent. And I see they're just back and forth, back and forth. And that's not what we're called to do. Right. But we are called to share the love of Christ and offer the hope that he has for all of us. And so when somebody walks into church and you look at him and go, oh, oh there, there's a problem. That's a wrong mindset. When they walk in, you say, oh, there's an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to do an incredible work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go love on that person. So I think I've heard that, I've seen that, and, and people get this judgmental spirit, and they, like, they're holier-than-thou person that's in the church, and they're, they're already casting judgment on somebody. And that's not our place. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to love. We're called to see people come to the loving hope that Jesus Christ has. So where, where's my anchor? Hopefully it's not, we're not, our anchor's not in fear because that will drive us all over the place. We need to have our, our anchor in faith. So as we, if you just stand, we're gonna close the service here. If you're here today and you need prayer for anything, or maybe you just have a question, Whatever it is, we're here to talk to you afterwards. Maybe you're here and you've never accepted Christ before. You, you don't know what it is to have your anchor in Christ and your anchor in hope. Maybe you're just trying to figure out answers in your own life. I'd love to share more with you about the goodness of God and his desire to have you part of his family. We're gonna sing this song as we close the service. But if you need, you want a prayer for anything or conversation, please, uh, when we're dismissed, go ahead and come up and we can talk. Uh, I'd be more than happy to do that and to pray with you. And uh, again, thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for watching us online. And uh, I, I hope that, um, that we all can take just a little bit stronger look at what does the word say and let's get our, get our life anchored in the word. Amen. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 